Hey everybody, it's Lou. And before we get into this episode of Lou Reads the Internet for You, just another quick reminder that this episode of Lou Reads the Internet for You is being sponsored by AdamandEve.com. Once again, the great people at AdamandEve.com are offering the standard Adam and Eve deal, which is that if you go to Adam and Eve and you fill your cart with an assortment of sexy items, toys, lube, movies, things of that nature, I think we all know what we're talking about. You'll get 50% off the most expensive item in your cart. You get three free DVDs, you get a free gift, and you get free discreet shipping to your abode, which will soon become an exciting love palace. So yeah, it's the deal, and uh, all you have to do to redeem it is just go there, and when you check out, type in Lou Reads, L-O-U-R-E-A-D-S, in the checkout box, and the people at Adam and Eve will appreciate it. They'll appreciate your sale, and I will appreciate the fact that you are supporting the podcast by letting Adam and Eve know that it is worth sponsoring this podcast. Yeah, so I don't want to keep you any longer because this podcast episode is long. <laughs> so if you are curious or planning to buy some erotic items, please consider going to adamandeve.com and using the Lou Reads code. All right, thanks for listening. Now it's time to hear about some vampires. Hi, my name's Lou, and today... I'm going to be reading to you from the internet. Why? Well, why not? And today's what? Can you guess? Well, if you guessed another forum, you guessed correctly. But what kind of forum this time? Well, today I'll be reading from a forum about vampires. I know, you've been craving, perhaps strangely craving, another reading about vampires. Well, since it's been almost two years, I don't blame you. It's amazing that you didn't go crazy waiting for another vampire reading. But rest assured, eternally rest assured, that you will be hearing about vampires. Now, uh, before we get too far into it, I just want to reassure you that these people, the people in this forum, are not people who believe that they can turn into a bat. These aren't people who believe in the, let's say, Twilight-style vampire. This is not a vampire that can turn into a bat or sparkles in the daylight, or any of that sort of mythical vampire, Bram Stoker's, Bram Stoker, Bram Stoker's vampire stuff. These people are real vampires, and we're just taking a peek into their lives. And the forum I'll be reading for you today can be found at vampires.nu, and the title of the forum is Vampire Realm of Darkness. And if you visit Vampire Realm of Darkness, you'll notice that, appropriately, the forum is a black background with red lettering. So, you almost just can't help but think about blood. Anyway, let's get right into the forum about vampires. Alright, so the first thing that we'll read is in the Vampire Forum of Darkness, subforum True Vampires, subforum Vampire Facts, Psy Vampires, in a thread entitled Psy Vamp FAQ by member Arez. And it goes like this. Just a massive info I found on the many Psy Vamp threads. Credit given where credit is due. What are quote-unquote Psy Vamps? Psyvamps are vampires that, rather than feeding on blood, feed on energy. Born with quote-unquote deformed chakras, chakras are energy centers. Psyvamps cannot create enough energy to thrive on the energy they make alone. Energy? Energy comes in many forms. Examples of these forms can be natural, sexual, electric, emotional, positive, negative, etc. How do Psyvamps feed? The majority of feeding is done unconsciously or without the knowledge of either being involved, in a word, 
osmosis. And if they don't feed, this varies from vamp to vamp, so it was a rather difficult question to answer. If the only side effect that a true energy-slash-psychic vampire had to not feeding were a headache, it would be a crippling headache that would stop normal functioning, like an extremely severe migraine. Are psyvamps actually psychic? First, a psy vampire and a psychic vampire are not the same. Psy is short for psionic. Some psys do have psychic abilities, but most do not. Basically, a psy has a natural gift for sensing and manipulating energies. This can be done on a small scale, with little results, or on a much larger scale. The vast majorities of size use this ability on a daily basis, but do so subconsciously. They also have the ability to create a link with others and share energy through a circuit. Do psyvamps have a longer than average lifespan? In some cases, yes. A psy can live longer than a normal human. Even quote-unquote immortality is possible though it is quite uncommon and requires a large amount of training and meditation. Third, size function at a higher level mentally. Therefore, they need to supplement their own energy with outside sources. There is more to being a psi than just quote-unquote draining people. I could say vampires are just humans with a blood disorder, but like size, there are advantages to being a vampire, as well as disadvantages. As for where the term psi vampire came from, probably because we require energy like vampires require blood. Finally, for now, from what I know, vampires all have similar abilities, strengths, etc., with of course the individual differences we all have. But psi's are completely different. Not every psi has the same ability. What abilities do psi vamps have? Some of the quote-unquote gifts that we can possess, not everyone has every gift, obviously, are as follows. 1. The ability to form the above-mentioned link with others. 2. Being generally psychic. 3. Energy manipulation. Obviously, we all possess this gift to some degree. 4. The ability to heal others. 5. The ability to heal ourselves. 6. The ability to slow the aging process. Extremely rare. Proficiency at as... <laughs> 7. Proficiency at astral projection. 8. High sensitivity to our surroundings. 9. Highly empathetic. And 10. The ability to physically see auras. That's it. I hope people don't get too ticked when they see whom I snitched this info from. And I just thought it best to collect it all in one place. And BTW, while doing this, I have recognized myself many times over and am proud to say that I appear to be a Psyvamp. Yay me. If anyone has anything to add, it is welcomed. And Shadow One replies, Thank you for posting this information, Ares. Now I can refer this to most of the people that ask, quote-unquote, what a psi vampires, or so on. Again, thank you and the two you got your information from. And Larasia adds, Good evening, Ares. As Shadow One has said, Thank you for gathering all this information into one composite thread. Smiley face emoticon. Oh, sorry. Smiling vampire emoticon with dripping blood fangs. It will make things much easier to only have one thread to refer members towards when I'm asked about my quote-unquote condition. And no, I don't have a problem with you using my quotes in this thread. Winking vampire face emoticon. Sincerely, Larasia. And Vagor writes, People get the wrong idea about psychic vampires. They rarely kill when they absorb, although it would be quite easy. And Alphazar replies, Hmm... Maybe I just don't have enough control yet to drain someone to the extent that it would cause their death, but I don't see how it would be possible to do so. Theoretically, it could be done, I suppose, but I doubt it would be easy. I am simply speaking from my opinion. I am in no way claiming it to be impossible. I would be interested to see what Larasia thinks on this. 
and Laurasia ads. I am curious as to what makes you believe this. It is quite easy to drain someone enough to impede their immune system enough that they have a better chance of becoming ill. However, enough to actually kill them? Not such an easy thing to do. In fact, someone would truly have to be trying to do such a thing to even have a hope of accomplishing it. Even then, it would probably prove too hard a task. Also, the very thought of doing such a thing to someone while feeding is horrendous to most energy slash psi vampires. It's not something that we aim to do or even toy with attempting. We respect our donors and appreciate deeply the gift they offer to us. Without them and their graciousness, we would be very ill, and in some cases dead. We do not forget that fact. Sincerely, Laurasia. And Hierophant writes, If you could drain someone to death, if you could drain someone to their death, couldn't you get an overload? And MoMA adds, I'm sorry, I'm the new guy, so I'm going to ask a very stupid question. If I have all the symptoms except living very long and creating a link, does that make me a psychic vampire? And is it possible that I create a link and don't know it? And Newfie Vamp writes, Yes, in fact, most connections are made subconsciously to my knowledge, but then again, there are people here with much more knowledge and authority than I, so it would be wise to listen to them. And Laurasia replies to MoMA, if you have all the symptoms, then I would venture to say that yes, you are most likely an energy slash psi vampire. However, keep in mind that many of us do not have exceedingly long lives. Our life expectancy is really very similar to everyone else. And as Newfie has said, you can create such links unconsciously. Sincerely, Laurasia. And Milk and Blood adds, Greetings. To my understanding, everyone who roams in this world is a psi-slash-energy vampire in some regard. We all exchange energy when we interact, by spiritual agreement. When we give, we receive, so it is inevitable that when we give energy to others, we receive it as well. An example of this is having a conversation. Also, why do psi-slash-energy vamps choose to drain people of their life force when they could get their energy from the inner worlds, rather than second-hand through a person? And Laurasia asks, I hope that you're not trying to insinuate that us energy-slash-psi vampires actually drain the life force out of others to the point of death, as that is not accurate. Also, I'm not sure exactly what you mean by the, quote-unquote, the inner worlds. Would you care to explain the term? Regardless, many of us feed in different ways. Not all of us can feed from the same sources. Winking vampire face emoticon. Sincerely, Laurasia. And Milk and Blood replies, Hello, Laurasia. For your reply, I am most thankful. I am by no means suggesting that anyone has any intentions of or has ever attempted to or will try to kill another being by draining them of their life force. However, I do feel from my experience that sometimes the energy we receive can have little characteristics of the person with it, something which, depending on the person, I would rather avoid. By inner worlds, I mean to tune into the flow of life, which is all things manifested here, and in the dream state, starting on the astral plane, going to the casual, the mental, the etheric, and the soul plane. There are sources of dark energy, sources of light, inner temples which we may learn from. These places have pure energy, which haven't been channeled through another person, and it is a most welcome feeling, I assure you, to drink from the source. In my experience, anywho. So we always get what we ask for. It's just a matter of asking for the right thing. Winking vampire face emoticon. And Laurasia replies again. Good evening, milk and blood. I am glad to hear that was not your intention to make such an implication. There are many who do, in fact, spread such garbage regarding us. From the first part of this description, I assume that you are referring to the ambient energy that surrounds everyone and everything. That I am able to feed from. Smiling Vampire Emoticon. However, feeding from the astral-slash-spiritual plane sounds, brackets at least to me, to be a rather advanced form of feeding. While I can fully imagine the benefits of such feeding, I think that I can safely assume that not many of us will ever reach a level where we are able 
unable to feed from the quote-unquote original life force, for lack of a better term. Thank you for the explanation, though. Sincerely, Laresha. And Milk and Blood replies again, Greetings, Laresha. This ambient energy is definitely a, man, a manifested form of this life force of which we speak. It is of great concern to me, my wise friend, that you would restrict yourself with your thoughts by believing you could never journey the inner worlds. Quote-unquote, to cease learning is to allow the soul to stagnate. As above, so below, all things come from within, etc. Our thoughts and inner contemplations and emotions are connected with these places, and from within we make change and manifestation occurs. Sort of like dropping a pebble in a pond. I believe if you put energy into something, you receive from it as well. So I often put my attention on a place or an idea which suits my mood and enhances it, thus receiving the benefits of its energy. My sincere apologies for rambling you into boredom and beyond, as I'm sure you're well aware of such matters. I just think it's healthy to keep an open mind. May blessings be. And this discussion goes on for another seven pages. So we'll leave the discussion of the energies that be and move from there into a thread about a person who's deciding whether or not they are a psi vamp. And so we'll read from the thread in the forum, True Vampires, Subforum Vampire Facts, Psi Vampires, in a thread entitled, Am I a Psi Vamp? by X Rose Red X. And it goes like this. I am generally a kind, sensitive, compassionate person, but sometimes I tend to say certain things to evoke negative emotions in others, and I find myself feeding on that negative energy involuntarily. It's one thing to accidentally suck up people's energy, but it's another thing to hurt them or provoke them in order to get a certain energy. I find myself particularly enjoying feeding off anger, hatred, and sadness. It is definitely not something, it is definitely not something I am proud of. And I want to stop. For example, sometimes I purposely say things to my boyfriend that make him jealous and ultimately angry. And once I am satisfied, I realize what I have done and I apologize. He too has noticed this and he accepts it. But I don't want to hurt people I love anymore or people in general. But the thing that bothers me the most is that I find myself enjoying it. I feel powerful and strong and full of energy. But once my quote-unquote hunger is satisfied, I feel so guilty and sad. I don't understand why I do this and I don't know how to stop. If anyone has experienced anything like this, or if you have any suggestions or thoughts for me, please do reply. Thank you for your time. Hugs and kisses. And F.R. Jaime writes, Dear Rose Red, I've always agreed with the saying, if the wheel ain't broke, don't fix it. Not sure that's the saying. Which might be appropriate in your case. I cannot speak as a vampire, for I am not one. I can respond drawing exclusively from my own experience. It is reasonable to maintain, I suppose, that very little of what we say or do has no purpose behind it whatsoever. Whether this is saying certain things which are designed to elicit a particular emotional response or of quote-unquote, feeding on the result, however that is done. When you say you, quote-unquote, want to stop, is it saying what you say or the feeding on the emotion you want to stop? I am curious about the precise nature of the emotion you elicit and use. For example, can and does your emotional objective take a mild form, annoyance? Can you manipulate the situation to elicit the extreme form, rage? And is your response in the form of the degree of satisfaction you feel proportional? I realize that you say you enjoy it. Can you invert it and use its polar opposite according to one theory, Pluchik, which is apprehension slash fear slash terror? I doubt that one personally. How about substituting an entirely different emotional objective, sincerity and joy, say? What are the responses your boyfriend gives these? Can you quote unquote feed on those? The second part of your post is both more and less problematic for me simultaneously, in the sense that if your actions are palpably successful in helping you maintain an equilibrium, why change them? Wheel not broken scenario. Even though by some standards not mine, your actions may be thought morally quote-unquote bad. 
One compelling reason, of course, is that your repetitive cycle of emotional feeding in on anger is bound to be destructive in terms of one's relationship. And you say, quote unquote, I don't want to hurt people I love anymore or people in general, which is eminently sensible if you wish to pursue a moral line. Personally, I would not be too worried about the quote unquote people in general bit. Is your hunger satisfied if you provoke an argument with a total stranger? Myself, I do enjoy a blazing row with someone on the street or in a shop. I can sustain and relish the feelings of anger for months, which is a form of feeding, I suppose. Substituting a total stranger as the target of your actions will not have an adverse effect on your relationship, surely. Another strategy that works for me is when it comes to eliciting emotions and also finding emotional release is to thrash the piano, fortissimo, or play loud music, or paint or draw using lots of reds, violets, purples, and blacks. If you have not drawn or painted before, do so. You will be pleasantly surprised. I do hope you succeed. Yours ever, Jay. Oh my god, this sucks. And X Rose's Red X replies, Jay, thank you kindly for your response. When I say I want to stop, I mean I want to stop hurting others just to evoke an emotional response that I enjoy feeding off of. I tend to gravitate towards extreme emotions. Rage, anger, hatred, sadness, fear. Those are the emotions I have the liking for. I feel like a horrible human being saying that. But I must be honest. If the emotion is mild, the satisfaction I feel is mild. But if it's intense, then the satisfaction is also intense. I have tried substituting for joy slash happiness slash sincerity positive emotions, positive energy, and I can't seem to quote-unquote feed of them. They just don't attract me. I find myself attracted to situations where someone is extremely sad or angry or jealous. I want to change my actions because I am hurting other people, and to me that is morally wrong. It makes me feel guilty and terrible about myself, but it is as though I can't control it. It's like an urge. When someone is sad or depressed, I gravitate towards them. I want to feed off their negative energy and rid them of it. But I end up making them feel worse to intensify their emotions so that I can get more satisfaction from it. Mind you, I don't do this intentionally. While it is happening, it's as though I am in a completely different frame of mind. It's quite difficult to explain, but I just feel darker, for lack of better words. And it's not until I'm satisfied that I realize what I have done. And the guilt starts to kick in. My hunger is indeed satisfied when I provoke the emotions with the stranger, but they are still people, and it's not fair to manipulate them for my own advantage. Thank you again for your feedback. I really didn't think anyone would take the time to reply. Smiling Vampire Emoticon. And we'll leave the SciVamp forum for a moment to move over to the True Vampires subforum, True Vampires, in a thread entitled, Reason for Turning by MTSJN08, and it goes like this. I want to turn. I am 21 years old, and society seems like too much these days. On my Facebook, I grow tired of so many relationship status changes to quote-unquote in a relationship while mine stays single. I am tired of being so plain. I remember this one girl feeling bad for me being single forever now, and she was too, and she didn't go out with me. Vampires must not feel pain and are entrancing by nature. I would be free. Man's rule is at an end. The age of vampires shall begin, and I shall be their king. And RN92 writes, Uh, okay, you can not really be turned. Only awakening and really, quote-unquote, vampire that is used, and mostly you are born with a lack of energy, and the only to help that with, that is what a lot of people call feeding. Two, we feel pain. So of us may not feel pain because we are numb. Three, you need to talk to someone about what is going on in your life, man, because it's not right to torture yourself. And finally, for any questions, use the search on this forum and you can understand what I'm talking about a little bit. And Dark Little One writes, Unfortunately, MTSJIN08, the sort of vampire you're looking for does not exist. 
The kind that is discussed in this form is human through and through. They feel pain and go through all the same things you go through. Becoming a vampire, even if it were possible, would only add to your problems, not make them better. Please look through the forum rules, FAQs, and don't ask sections of the forum. Please look around and become familiar with the forum and the information to be had here. While it may not be the answer you want, the information can clear up your misconceptions. And forum member Linard replies, And just for good measure, none of the quote-unquote traits you describe in your profile are vampire-related either. And MTSJIN08 replies, I guess life sucks no matter what you are. And in a similar thread in the True Vampire subforum, Chelsea writes in a thread she entitled, Can I be a vampire? And it goes like this. I want to be a vampire so bad. Is there any way to do that? And Christina adds, No. If you had run a search before posting, you'd have figured it out. And just in case you're thinking about it, it isn't possible for a vampire, not the Hollywood-slash-literary-slash-mythological creature, as it doesn't exist, to turn you either. Search is your friend, and it loves being used. I suggest you start using it. Winking vampire emoticon. And Chelsea adds, Why? And Christina replies, Vampires are people like you and me. Only they have an energetic unbalance. As I said, run a search and you will find more detailed answers. Winking vampire emoticon. And Chelsea replies, This is sad, but okay, TNX. And Christina replies, And try rereading the rules, FAQs and stickies, okay? Text typing isn't allowed here. And Chelsea replies, Oh, okay, sorry. And J.U. Jinkal writes, Chelsea, there is no reason why you cannot be a vampire. There are many like yourself already on the OVC. Just learn about us. Some get fangs if you wish. Then just tell people in the community that you are a vampire. As long as you have done your research thoroughly and don't make any outrageous claims, I am sure you will be accepted by most of the online community. The real vampires really don't care. Dragon and wolf's clothing eating donor, regards. And Young Child adds, I'm sorry, Chelsea, but Chris is right. You cannot be a vampire. Ignore Jay Yukinkai's pathetic advice. It's just to give hope to the lost and lead young girls on terrible paths. Chat with Chris Moore for good information. She has her ducks in a row. And Maiden 9 adds, Chelsea, for the most part, Chris is correct. There is debate that a ritual of sorts can force an awakening. The issue is that it is not always successful. The potential has to already be within the person. If it's not there, it will very likely not work. However, there is also vampirism induced by constant feeding on an individual which creates a need for them to quote-unquote feed in order to restore the balance within them. This is typically temporary. Even with that said, there is no reason for anyone to want to have our quote-unquote condition. And Dark Little One writes, J.U., please tell me that you are joking. You of all should know better. And what do you know about the OVC? Last I heard, you were trying to back out of that. Too many, too many fluffs and fakes, right? That was even before you resigned here. If I remember correctly, though I guess that conversation slash information probably doesn't belong in this thread. Chelsea, the gist of is, you are born one and awaken. You cannot become one. J.U. may have just been joking, trying to change things up, as this is a similar question to what many have asked. Christina was right. By reading the FAQs and other information that is already available here, you may be able to avoid any potential mixed, misleading, or confusing messages, as you have seen happen here. And Etu Malku writes, Tisk, tisk, tisk now. You should all know better than to state that a vampire cannot be created. And Sky E. Wint writes, Etu, I hold with the quote-unquote making a vampire slash turning someone into a vampire is impossible idea. Not just because I can't think it can't happen. Even if it is possible, it is so highly unlikely for people who want to become a vampire that it might as well be impossible. Therefore, I say that people who want to be a vampire should be told that it is impossible. Keeps them out of trouble, keeps them from bugging us more, and might possibly help them learn. 
with respect, Sky. And Suen writes, oh no, making vampires is entirely possible. How do you think we got here? Durr. Officially, it is not possible or quote-unquote unlikely. Everyone is supposed to tell the newbies it isn't for their safety, as has already been stated. The second reason is because people who are asking, quote-unquote, could you make me a vampire, are pretty much asking, could you give me diabetes or could you give me cancer? <laughs> the second reason is because the people who are asking, quote-unquote, could you make me a vampire, are pretty much asking, quote-unquote, could you give me diabetes or, quote-unquote, could you give me cancer or any other horrible disease you want to place. So the question is really, quote-unquote, why in God's name would you ever ask to be turned in the first place? In doing so, you show everyone that you have no business being a vampire in the first place because you have no idea what it is like. If you did know, you wouldn't want to be a vampire. So the answer to, quote-unquote, can you turn me into a vampire is, quote-unquote, heck yes, but I will absolutely not do it. Let's face it, even if vampires were all glam, I would still be completely unwilling to turn someone who begs, especially online. In fact, I'd probably use them suckers for meals. Om nom nom. And the conversation goes on. However, Chelsea, after her no-text-talk reply, never returns. And we move from there. And we leave the True Vampires subforum to go to True Vampires subforum, Real Vampires Live subforum in a thread entitled, I'm Going Dry, by Vampire member, Olive Tone. And it goes like this. Greetings, everyone. Honestly, I don't know how to start off or say this, but I am doing a blood fast. I've decided to stay away from it for a while, probably indefinite. I just can't take it. It's hard enough for to get a hold on side feeding, but when I use blood, I feel grief and shame. I'm pretty sure the others get over it, but after doing it for so long, it gets to you. So I'm doing what I can to stay dry. I that feeding regularly keeps me healthy, but for me, it's worth being filled with daily grief. And Dark Little One replies, What you're attempting to do is dangerous. I've never heard of one dying from not satisfying their need. However, you're risking complications. I personally starved myself for years. For one, I couldn't believe that I was what I had once believed. I couldn't prove without a doubt my perceived need. I figured my young mind may have just been influenced by my readings on sites like this, that I needed somewhere to belong. Think of an excuse, I tried to use it against myself. For two, I also felt incredible guilt. It is preferred and strongly encouraged for donors to be willing. However, I could feel myself almost constantly ambient feeding. By my definition, is subtle, automatic, and not usually noticed by quote-unquote vampire or donor. But I observe a lot of things and learn to notice it. My donors were often unwilling, though it had hardly affected them, if at all. Willing or not, I felt guilt. I convinced myself that I was harming others. I basically decided if it was an addiction and just a naive belief in something that wasn't real, I could stop feeding, go through withdrawal, and then I'd be fine. So I figured if I could stop, I wouldn't harm anyone. So I, quote-unquote, starved myself as best I could. Walked away, blocked, and stopped every ambient feed that I could perceive. During this time, I also saw a couple of physical doctors, a couple of psychologists, psychiatrists, a chiropractor, a neurologist, and sought guidance from school counselors. I did what I could. I did what I could, while I could, to find mundane answers for my, brackets, hopefully, mundane problems. While there were many answers to what it all could be, nothing seemed to treat well enough. My withdrawals and quote-unquote symptoms did not go away with time, as I had expected and hoped they would. Eventually, I gave in to ambient and minor crowd feeding. It's just a small skim and the bare minimum to keep me going. 
I still have my doubts and dislike what it seems I need to do, but it alleviates my mundane ailments and many of my other problems. Without some exchange, my body just seems to reject me all over. One quote-unquote mentor of mine tried to explain to me, just like when an animal hunts or you eat a piece of steak, you don't always feel guilt. There isn't a need to. It's not mean. It's not like you want to end the animal's life. It's a need. It's survival. And it's natural. If it helps you feel better, deprive yourself. This is where I become a hypocrite. If it turns out it's still a need, like it or not, you'll have to take care of yourself and feed eventually. All in moderation. Take from multiple donors. Be aware of yourself. Control in moderation. You'll not harm and you shouldn't worry. Willing is best and strongly encouraged. They are aware and willing to help you. They will recover with time. And Jay Yunjin Kai writes, Greetings. Less of the melodramatics, please. There is too much drama here on the realm already. Many vampires choose to abstain from feeding with various degrees of success. I myself, a sexual sang slash sigh, have not fed using this source for almost 18 months due to my commitment to my girlfriend. Relying on other sigh source to tide me over, yes, it is hard, but to me it is worth the effort. Regards. And Dark Little One responds, my apologies. If I rephrased to, quote-unquote, what you're attempting to do could prove dangerous, think that would be better? Nods. There are many other ways to satisfying hunger, be it alternate feeding methods or whatever, but if one is trying to go without completely, I guess it's not so much, quote-unquote, dangerous, but could cause problems depending on the symptoms and with what severity they manifest. No. And J. Eugene Kai writes... Greetings. Not really. Allow me to put it this way. Abstaining from feeding is not dangerous, only an inconvenience, and many learn to accept. And Mystere writes, J.U., it's one thing to abstain from your optimal source, and another completely to abstain completely, which, at least for one awakened, usually includes cutting off auto-feeding. <laughs> at least for one awakened, usually includes cutting off auto-feeding. Olive, I'm more with Dark on this one. It's generally a bad idea, and it could affect your life negatively. With fasting like this, your body will fall back into low energy mode, much like it was prior to your awakening. You can last for a good while this way, but markedly less if you block off your auto-feeding as well. Much like if you wait too long to eat, the feeding urges and impulses, the symptoms, etc. will fade when the hunger hits you again, and believe me, it will eventually. It will be much more difficult to manage. You'll probably be sicker than you ever thought possible without a physical cause. I know it's hard to reconcile, but that's why I know how badly it sucks after fasting. But it's really much better idea to find something you can stomach. I had serious problems coming to terms with my vampirism, regardless that my friends openly gave me consent to skim them and even entice the energies I needed. Eventually, I managed to close myself off from even auto-feeding. My depression worsened dramatically. I fought the urges to cut. I finally gave in. Eventually, my control started to break. First, it was feeding on my family when I was asleep. Then I started to dream walk and feed off my boyfriends and friends. My focus was horrible during my waking hours and I'd space out a lot and regain my focus when I realized I had started to feed. It felt bad to feed, but it felt worse to lose my control over it. If you feel like you need to, then I'm not going to stop you. But I'll tell you, it's worse when your control breaks. And Dark Little One replies, Thank you, Mystere. Also, this sort of struck me. Not totally sure how or how to explain it, but it struck me. My cousin used to sleep in the same room with me. She said she had to shield from me nightly because I'd like expand myself in some way to my entire room, as well as other things that I'm trying to replicate and observe and hopefully find alternate and preferably mundane reasons for, but it's difficult. Anyway, my apologies for rambling. And 
Mystere writes, Dark, from the reading I've done recently, that's a danger of sleeping near or with a vampire. We have to be able to let our control down and let our tendrils relax and spread out and our minds relax or we won't get the full benefit of sleep and burn through more energy faster. The Wiser Field Guide to Vampires by J.M. Dixon. It was very interesting and the information was pretty much everything I've heard about vampirism with more technical analysis of the actual mechanics of vampirism and some interesting theories on things like child awakenings, the energetic component of blood, and various talents and problems that we tend to have and why. And Mortal Mom writes, Without feeding, you could mess yourself up badly. I went without for about a month and it was awful. I felt like an old woman dying, lol. I hope you can get over your feelings of guilt or shame to feed again in time. And Olive Tone replies, Don't worry, Mom. If I have the will, then I have the strength. And we leave that subform to move to the True Vampires subforum Vampire Facts-Sanguinarians subforum in a thread by Vamp Mandy entitled Mood Swings After Feeding. And it goes like this. I was wondering if I'm the only one who has issues with mood swings after feeding. I always get a rush of sadness after I have fed. At first I think I'm getting angry, but it switches to a sad moment. I thought it was me having to let go of my donor after we are done, but I'm not sure really, and it's every time I get done feeding. Though I feel okay when the moment passes. And BioJerk writes, It could be just you noticing the drastic difference in energy once you quote-unquote unconnect, if you know what I mean by that. Or it could be that you were just feeding from someone who has a lot of built-up sadness. I had a donor who used to love feeding from, and then she went through a time where she was very stressed out, angry, depressed, and just mad at the world, it seemed. And her energy still tasted wonderful like usual, but I realized that afterwards I would feel very sad and very hyper at the same time. Was a very strange combination of emotions, but I stopped feeding from her for several weeks, and told her about it so that I could help her work on it. So it could be that as well. Keep that in mind. And Spike1024 adds, You pick up on your donor's emotions after feeding. Even people that sigh feed do that. I suggest finding a more stable donor. Or if you yourself are feeling sad because you had to damage another creature, a lot of people do that at first. Since they are cut up with the stigma of feeding on someone makes you a parasite. But always remember that every living creature feeds on something, even plants, i.e. sunlight and carbon dioxide. And Vamp Mandy replies, Thank you to both of you. And I think Spike1024 might be right about it. I am feeling sad because I had to damage another creature. I am trying to get past that point and just accept what I am. I may need to meditate on it a bit longer than I have been and center myself before feeding. It may help. And BioJerk adds, My favorite way to feed is to meditate a short bit before and a long bit afterwards. It lets me really soak up the experience. It ensures the energy is more clean because I notice spots in it to clean it easier. And it lets the energy kind of quote-unquote soak into your own energy mixing to the point where it becomes your own. Plus, it feels nice to sit back and let the energy do its magic. It's wonderful. Smiling Vampire Emoticon. As for the feeling, as for feeling shame about it, I know exactly what you mean. As a hybrid, sometimes I enjoy feeding from blood. Sometimes that's what I actually need instead of just energy. I always hate asking for blood. Everyone is easier about giving up their energy, but if I really need blood at the time, I always hate asking my friend to cut herself for me. She doesn't really enjoy doing it, though she doesn't really feel any pain at all, she says. She just doesn't like the idea of watching herself bleed. It sucks. I need to find more donors. Tongue-sticking-out emoticon. Ha ha. And Hero Yui writes, Biojerk, your donor does knit have to cut herself. You could use a syringe. And Young Child chimes in. She could use a syringe only if she or you have proper training. Without it, someone could get seriously injured. Any vampire who allows or does use syringes without the training is a moron. 
And Chase finishes the thread by adding, I have had a similar reaction to feeding as well. I used to, ra- I used to rage with an uncontrollable adrenaline until I learned how to control it. That's just one example. Everyone and every situation is different, so there are many possible reactions to feeding. Personally, I believe that if you didn't feel anything after feeding, there would be absolutely no point to it. The primary reason for feeding, for most people on this site, either psychically or physically, is to obtain energy. Therefore, a reaction of some form should be expected. And staying in the Sanguinarian subforum, we'll read from a thread by Blackthorn entitled, How to Safely Drink Blood. And it goes like this. I've been wondering for a while about what I should do to take blood. I constantly crave the taste of blood. I found myself licking my own wounds and loving the taste. I am only 16, and frankly, my parents would think I'm insane if I told them I was a vampire. They wouldn't help me with this, so I'm turning to you. Do you have any good tips? And Kiyunis writes, Being under 18, and so not an adult, you should not be taking blood at all. Craving the taste of blood is not, as you will find repeatedly explained throughout the threads, a symptom of vampirism. There are serious health and legal issues to be considered in bloodletting. It is not an act that can be legally committed by a minor, nor with the risk of a disease and slash or physical injury to the donor, should it be. What makes you consider yourself to be a vampire? And Skywind adds, Greetings. Okay, I'd say cut and paste time, but I can't remember a post to cut and paste from, so normal response time then. Quote, I constantly crave the taste of blood. This looks more like a fetish than vampirism. Blood fetishes are commonly confused with vampirism, but they are not the same thing. Vampires do not need blood, but the energy contained in blood. Some get the energy that is in blood in different ways. Only Sangs use blood, but there are many other ways to get energy. Quote, I am only 16 and frankly my parents would think I'm insane if I told them I was a vampire. Response, and with good reason, it's likely you aren't a vampire if all there is to point to is a blood fetish, which only points to vampirism if you don't know what vampirism actually is. Quote, do you have any good tips? Reply, from what I've heard, pennies and other coins are good to suck on. Sometimes milk helps as well. Other than that, I'd say try to learn as much as you can about fetishes. That will likely help you more than learning about vampirism, as much as an interesting topic as it is. With respect... Sky. And Cuckoo writes, The best way to keep yourself healthy is simply not to drink blood in the first place. And Nocturne X writes, This sounds like Renfield's disease to me. Or a fetish as stated earlier, but you shouldn't harm yourself by doing so. You are first hurting yourself and second practically starving yourself. And I still haven't told my parents I'm a vamp either, as I'm sure many other members here haven't either, because they wouldn't understand. They'd rather believe in Bella Lugosi going, I want to suck your blood rather than a person with an energy deficiency. Ha! Hope I helped you. Oh, here's a link to help answer your questions. Sanguinarian's Guide to Safe Bloodletting Guide and Feeding link. P.S. You can suck on a coin without choking? Smiley face emoticon. And Skywint finishes the thread by adding, quote, You can suck on a coin without choking? Reply, Yes, you can. Just don't swallow it. With respect, Sky. And finally, We'll read from a thread in the Vampire Facts Sanguinarian subforum by by member Aurora1322 in a thread she entitled, Do Real Vampires Have Issues with Sunlight? And it goes like this. Some real vampires claim to have a problem with the sun, but others say that anyone who does is a role player. Of people that do, what's it like for you? Like physical burning of your skin or just being really tired? Because I think I might be a sanguinarian vampire. For reasons I'm not going to explain right now. And I've had this weird problem with sunlight my whole life. Though recently it's gotten worse. I know this sounds like a stereotype, but has anyone else experienced something like this? Whenever I go out into the sun, it instantly feels like it's burning the top of my head. (laughs) 
If I stay out for longer than five minutes, I get really tired and thirsty and have a headache afterwards. Sometimes, if it's hot and sunny, I feel like I'm somehow drowning in the light, and I get this urge to lie down and just pass out. One time it was summer, and I stayed out for around an hour, and I actually did faint. My eyes are sensitive too, but my skin doesn't really burn. If anything, it can't seem to get a tan at all, even though I do go outside. So does this sound like a medical problem, a vampire symptom, or something from my imagination? And Leinard writes... I am not a doctor, but when you fainted, it sounded like a result of dehydration more than anything else. Regardless, problems with the sun is not indicative of vampirism. And Mystere writes, What you describe sounds like sun poisoning. You may be particularly sensitive to sunlight. There are medical conditions that cause this, as well as medications. It can manifest itself in puberty, but it's a genetic condition. I'd get checked out by the doctor. And J. Eugene Kai writes, Greetings. Phytotoxicity is not genetic. That can be caused by a side effect of prolonged antibiotic use. I suffered with this condition since I was 11 years old. And whilst it is not caused by my vampirism, my vampirism does aggravate the condition. My symptoms are pins and needles type pains and excessive sloughing of areas exposed to any UV light source. Additionally, my eyes are acutely sensitive to light, needing only 120th of the light that most people need to see. This is due to the phototoxicity and a general condition called heterochromia. From the time that I was born until around seven years ago, one eye was gray-blue and the other was hazel. Now it is only sectorally heterochromia, as only 30% of one eye is hazel. I also have trouble with heat as my body does not regulate very well, hence I prefer to be cooler than most. And Dark Little One replies, As far as photosensitivity, I think it varies from individuals. In general, yes, sun seems to bother real vampires. Some I've heard can be as severe as boils, though he went through tests for suspected forphoria. Others can be as slight as a simple eye sensitivity like headaches. I personally get the headaches easily. I don't burn easily, just tan. I imagine the skin color is a hereditary thing for me. The worst from the sun I've experienced, I was on a school trip out of state. We spent maybe half an hour to an hour in a large open field upon returning home about 24 hours the next day, give or take hours. I was almost literally paralyzed for two days. I could not go to school. The second was not as severe. Was a time I was helping my mother outside with some yard work, something I had done quite a bit in my lifetime. I'm used to it, but randomly I felt extremely tired, drained, short of breath, dizzy. I believe both instances were not necessarily due to vampirism, whether or not I am, but they did seem to be dehydration and slash or sun poisoning. I don't drink regularly or as I should, so dehydration is definitely not overlooked for me. I enjoy the warmth of the sun like a cat. I get sleepy, but I'm incredibly comfortable. It can help me feel good, but at the same time, the lights or something about it can overwhelm me. Some are good days, and some are not so good days. And Harakana writes, I find that my photosensitivity is more active when I haven't been exposed to the sun for a while. Such as in the spring when the weather starts to get warmer, my driving arm has gotten itchy rashes and hives as a result of too much sun, but this seems to dwindle as I continue to get sun exposure. Granted, I am fair and don't tan well as it is. The real brunt of the photosensitivity is in the spring after my arms and such haven't been exposed all winter. I'm just careful, and I keep a tube of 100 SPF in my purse all the time, and I try to get out into the sun little bits at a time until my skin starts to get used to it again. And Mystere writes, Huracana, where do you get 100 SPF? I use 85, but I still burn a little sometimes. As far as sun sensitivity being vampiric, it's not, but many vampires who have a pre-existing factor that makes them sensitive will experience an increase in sensitivity when they're hungry that lessens when they aren't. I am very fair and burn easily, but when I'm hungry, I can actually feel my skin burning, even from the moment I walk into the sun, even in the winter. And Chloricone writes, 
Good evening. There is another theory I did not see presented here, so I would like to put in my two cents from some interesting things that I have read. If vampires are defined by a lack of prana or ether or whatever you would like to call it, there is a theory that the rays of the sun burn or dissipate ether slash prana slash etc. So that might in some cases be attributed in a sense of drowsiness or lack of vitality since the energy is literally being drained or burned out of the body of the vampire. So some vampires, probably more likely to occur among psionic vampires, experience the drag of going out into bright sunlight. Perhaps that energy drain could have adverse physical effects since the mind and body directly influence one another and to someone who is fully harmonious with themselves, mind and body, fully interconnected like a skilled psi could experience more extreme physical effects from the sun. It could also just be the pain of the energy being dissipated being translated into actual physical pain. Just a few thoughts of my own. And VampKiss59 writes, I think it's just dehydration. I had that problem a long time ago. I don't drink water at all. And I have those problems other than passing out because I'm too strong to pass out. My will keeps me going. And so does the people I love. I only keep going to prove people wrong and stay with the ones I love. So just dehydration on my point of view. My mom helped out sick people in the military. So I know quite a bit on stuff like this. And Jujing Kai writes, Vamp Kiss 59. I strongly suggest you read the forum rules as it seems you are unaware that text speak is against the rules. This is the only warning you shall receive. Additionally, please do not reanimate dead thread unless you have something very relevant to add and your unqualified medical diagnosis is just that. Regards. Well, I don't know how many of you out there are Psy Vamps or Sang Vamps or Hybrid Sang Psy. I don't understand, but I have to say that this form is very difficult to read because of the red type on the black background. Very difficult to read. Also, I have to say that this form had a remark for a form that is very tight about people not using text speak. It's a large amount of sentences in it that are missing words. So that a lot of the sentences I read made very little sense. Enough of the sentences I read. I don't want to judge. Although I already did. Yeah, so... Vampires. I know you were hoping they would be like Twilighty vampires, but... Like these people say over and over again, those kind of vampires don't exist. Real vampires are people who are feeding off your energy all the time. There's nothing you can do about it. They can't kill you, but somehow they are feeding off of you. Uh, and sometimes they want to drink blood, but they get it from someone who wants to give them the blood, but they have to check to make sure the person doesn't have a disease because they are just people. And sometimes they get the energy from the blood. It's really hard to believe that there are enough people out there who would be like, oh, you want some of my blood? Sure, why not? Oh, what is it, Tuesday? All right, have some of my blood. I'll cut myself open. Yeah. Or that there isn't a vitamin supplement that would do the same thing as blood. Although, I guess they're saying that the whole idea is that it's the energy in the blood and not just minerals and uh, why you can't just feed off, like, a cat. Or the TV, which has energy. But it's not life energy, I suppose. Or plants. Maybe they don't have enough life energy. I don't know. I obviously didn't do enough research. But, um, yeah, I just have a hard time believing that someone would be like, oh, yeah. Looking back on some of the discussions, I think if my girlfriend was like, the reason I start fights with you all the time is because I'm a psychic vampire who is feeding off of the anger I create in you, I would say, I think it's just because you are a giant bitch. And not because you're a vampire, but just because you're a bad person who likes drama and making drama. And that's how you feel good about yourself. So I think that probably would have been the best advice would be try stopping a bitch because uh, you're obviously getting a thrill out of causing drama and not uh, necessarily a vampire. Yeah, I don't really get a lot of, I don't get a thrill out of just like everyday stuff. 
because uh, well, if you know, if you were a psychic vampire who got off on misery, why not get a job at a hospital? <laughs> because then you'd be surrounded by misery and you wouldn't have to do anything about it. Just uh, nonstop wailing. Or at a, uh, get a job. Oh yeah, I'm a psychic vampire, so I got a job at a uh, at a graveyard. Uh, I guess maybe if it helps if you start the fights, because then you're in control of the sadness. Although, you know, I suppose you can start fights at the uh, graveyard. Like, you gotta, you gotta move. I'm enough crying over this hole in the ground. Why? This is My grandpa's dead in there! Yeah. He's gonna be dead in there for a long time. Why don't you move along? I'm feeding on your energy! <laughs> I'm feeding on your energy! Anyway. Unlikely. So. Vampires, what are you gonna do? I know about the other form. If I ever feel like going back, this form and the other form were surprisingly similar. Similar topics. I think we can all agree that Twilight vampires are not real. At least, that's what they want us to believe until they create the Daywalkers. But luckily, we have Blade on our side. Okay, anyway, moving on. It's March 2012, and this is the third anniversary month of the Lou Reads the Internet for You podcast. Um, The first episode was March 28th of 2009. I'm just going to imagine everyone is like raking out all their leftover New Year's Eve uh, hats and, you know, noisemakers and just twirling them around. Whee! It's still fun for me. I hope it's fun for you. And uh, thanks for sticking around and listening to all this nonsense that other people are sharing with the internet. It is my pleasure and privilege to read about it. Although, I will say, as I've probably said before, that uh, I am retarded at parties because I've become a social weirdo because all I can talk about is how (laughs) crazy people are. I've said this before, but uh, all everyone, all I ever end up talking about these days is about dumb shit I read about on the internet. It is, it's worse than just, it's, it's nuts. I have other interests, but they're all internet related. I need to get out of the house more. Yeah. So invite me to a party and we can talk about the internet and other stuff. Uh, yeah. So um, I've started in earnest making um, the slideshow for the live show that's happening in a month. Less than a month. draw excitement. So that's going to be a lot of fun. Remember April 5th at the People's Improv Theater, Downstairs Theater, $5, which all goes to the theater. And afterwards, there will be drinking, much imbibing. And, uh, you know, we can go, do a, go to the bathroom and do some bath salts if you want. Yeah. I don't know if you have seen the episode of Intervention Involving Bath Salts. It is hilarious. Sad, but also hilarious. <laughs> don't do MDPV, people. It is not good for you. But, uh, yeah, so we'll be, uh, we'll be there. Don't bring any other drugs. I only do bath salts. No. <laughs> that would be... That would be a terrible thing for everyone involved. My family, but mostly me and my brain, which I'd be destroying. Anyway, so yeah, that's it for the live show. I should have new postcards uh, to send out. So if people want magnets, which I still have plenty of magnets. There's been a, a the magnet requests have dried up to, to zero. Bumper sticker requests remain at zero. But what if I made stickers? I'm just going to end up having a... Um, be alone in a giant apartment full of Lou Reed's memorabilia. Does anyone want a coffee cup? If you want those magnets, they're still available. Let me know if you like one. Send me an email at loureeds at gmail.com or send a comment through the loureeds.com comment form and I will send you one. I'm still owed a bunch of photos. I don't really know what happened there. Uh, several people did give me photos and I post those on the blog and on the Facebook page. But uh, people, come on. I spent like, upwards of $2.00. To send you these tiny magnets. Where's the love? I also have, if anyone's interested, I made a bunch of uh, pornography-related magnets that I—they're they're ridiculous. Um, if you want a pornography magnet, 
I might throw one in if you send me a request for a magnet. They are dumb. They're not like actual, they're like covers of porn movies that no one would ever uh, want, apparently, because I sold like 40 of them, but these are the leftovers. Um, so let me, oh, I have the envelope right here. Let me look at this envelope here. Let me pick, I'll pick out a couple and, and I'll show you. Maybe you're interested. Let's see. How would you want a magnet on your uh, refrigerator that said uh, hairiest pussies in the universe three? I don't know. That might be for you. Or how about um, elbow grease? That's for lube company. Double do me. Wreck my ass. <laughs> my boyfriend is gay. Pizza boy gangbang. You get the idea. Ass mazans. Yeah. I had a, someone gave me a, a gigantic catalog of uh, porn titles that uh, I guess go to video porn distributors. Like, move, like record uh, movie places. So I just cut those up and made them into magnets. But I've got a lot of them left, as you all heard. But the one that sold right away and was the best one was Human Sexipede, which had a had like a weird photo of like a chain of people doing 69, which was really stupid, but funny enough. Anyway, so enough of that nonsense. Um, once again, this episode of Lou Reads is being sponsored by adamandeve.com so if you've been this is the third episode of the Adam and Eve sponsorship so if you have been um, holding off for that special offer it's going to be the same offer every time which is 50% off of one of the um, you know one item in your cart three free DVDs a free toy free shipping all if you go to loureads.com and click through the link on the post or if you just use the code loureads I think you have to use the code loureads regardless when you check out and you get all those things I don't know what you're missing in your life but Adam and Eve has it if that's what you need and you know it comes in a discreet box it doesn't come in a giant box it says like your life with your new dildo is about to begin on the outside although that might be interesting in a crowded mailroom. Anyway, so yeah, adamandeve.com. They do us a favor by giving us a little bit of money for the sponsorship, and uh, and you do the podcast a favor if you decide to buy something through there. So, And of, of course, this is the, the small begging part of the show. If you need to buy something on Amazon or buy.com or Tiger Direct, there are links on the Lou Reed's blog that will, if you click through those and you buy something, I'll get a small, very small amount of money, but it all adds up. And mostly I use the money for those that I make off those things to... Uh, buy books for my kids <laughs> that's so bizarre uh, but you know that's what it's for I don't know if you know but uh, Magic Treehouse and Charlie Bone those books do not grow on trees they are not free I suppose you go to the library but there's so much competition and so many bums at the library I don't want to play chess with you sir anyway and there comes the second part of the show begging is uh, if you're listening to the show uh, and you like it Please tell a friend about it. Um, we can always use more listeners. Share it with a friend. Convince them to put it on their iPod or podcast podcast list. We're available on iTunes, Stitcher, the Zune Store, if that's still a thing, and a bunch of different podcast aggregators out there. And uh, if you know of one that I'm not listed on, please let me know so I can say, like, what's wrong with you guys? This is the number one stupid podcast about stupid internet stuff. What's You guys are retarded do that please first you have to tell people that it's a podcast then you have to explain to them what a podcast is and what it isn't and then convince them that they need to listen to it it's i know it's complicated but i trust that you can do it and then as always please please vote for lou reads on itunes tweet about lou reads if you if you like an episode uh go to reddit upvote the podcast if you get a chance i know it, it seems crazy 
<laughs> but just the hardest part is, you know, reaching new listeners. And I hope that you enjoy it enough to want to share it with people. Anyway, I'm going to be endeavoring to put up more videos of excerpts of the podcast in the coming months because I re-remembered how to do it uh, after I spent a day or two trying to remember what I had done in the past to make it work. I'm back on track. So we're going to be doing that. And um, yeah, oh my God, I feel like I've talked a while. But this has been the most cohesive ramble in a while, so that's all. It's a good thing. I'm not complaining. Okay, guys and gals and Sangsai vamps, hybrids, what have you, donors, wannabes, skeezers, I'll leave you. I think I will call it a day. So this has been Lou Reads, the forums at vampires.new. My name is Lou. This is Lou Reads, the internet for you. We'll see you soon. Bye-bye. <laughs>